Dr. Marty's suggestions are intended to take the place of formal in-office therapy and are for informational and educational purposes only, not an attempt to correct long-standing serious problems which should only be done under the care of a licensed mental health professional. The doctor is in. Welcome to Ask Dr. Marty on 107.9 WOLD, a weekly program focusing on you, your marriage, and more. Dr. Marty Tashman combines compassion, insight, and training with over 30 years of experience. Dr. Marty is a licensed marriage and family counselor, as well as a clinical social worker in New Jersey, a board-certified diplomat and author. It has been his mission to help couples stay together happily through difficult times while improving their quality of life. More information is available on his website, yourmarriagecounselor.com. Join Dr. Marty Tashman live on the Oldies 1079 WOLD talk line at 732-748-1079. 732-748-1079. Now, here's Dr. Marty. Hi, this is Dr. Marty, and I have my doctorate in psychology, and I'm a licensed marriage and couples uh, counselor. And if you're having difficulty with your relationship, or let's assume your relationship is okay, but you'd like to make it a little bit better, any questions you have, there's a lot of practical information I'll share with you. Though this isn't therapy, it's a similar kind of things that I tell folks in terms of information they need to have. So they can make their relationship a little bit better. I always think about the percentage of happy marriages and satisfaction in marriages. Well, the number is amazing. About 50% of the people interviewed who are married always have some questions as to how happy they are. Sometimes marriage becomes a habit and not a positive experience. Let's see if we can go beyond that together. Uh, Let's see if we can make it something special. Because I'm very fond of saying, and in my own life, and in things I've experienced, is when your relationship is going well, then the rest of your life is on a much better direction. If you're going through illness, if you're going through difficulty at work, if you have to come home alone to a place that has echoes in it because there's nobody else, that's one thing. But if you can come home to a partner who can rub your back, who can comfort you, who can support you, man, that's something else entirely. And I'm here to help you do that. It's not only a profession, it's a mission for me. How can I help people stay together? Not not force you, but help you to figure out how to do that. When I had a few free minutes, you know what I did? I actually went and wrote some books. I wrote a book on infidelity for both sides now, as Judy Collins would say. On the one side is for the person who has stepped out of the relationship and for the other one who is suffering from the trauma. So there's a lot to be talked about there. If you're having a hard time with a difficult personality, and of course we all know that we've married the perfect person. You know, here's a question that just occurs to me. Um, Are soulmates made or do you discover them? You know, how does that really work? Is there a soulmate for all of us? I happen to have a belief that there's first physical attraction and then relationships as you're able to put the work in, as you're able to support your partner, you create your own soulmate. When I first met my wife, I thought she's pretty hot and that's not a bad place to start. Well, that was the chemistry working in me. I mean, I knew it intellectually, but emotionally is another story. But over the years, you know, we've had our ups, we've had our downs, we argue, etc. But over the years, I think I've worked really hard to make her my soulmate. 
and it's still a work in progress. Anyway, I've written a book about that. I've written a book about living with a difficult person. And in addition to that, um, how do you negotiate? It's really interesting when I see couples across from me, and I don't think this is unique to couples that I see, is they have a style of negotiation is, is you've got two choices. You can do it my way or I'll kill you, which perhaps is not an ideal way. Seriously, what they do is, is there's no room for negotiation back and forth. And if you're curious about that, please, you can always email me at drmarty at comcast.net or send me um, a text at 732-246-8484. And you're more than welcome as a listener to the program to hear about how to negotiate with your partner. Oh, and while we're talking about texts, if you are so inclined, why don't you text me with any questions you have? I have my cell phone here, and here's a number to text me. It's the same one, 732-246-8484. Anyway, if you're interested about uh, negotiation, you can go to my programs 9 through 18. There are a lot of information there. And if you are interested in uh, about infidelity, well, there's information there, and all the programs are listed. I'm going to say there are about eight or ten programs, which means about five hours of learning time. Tonight, I am going to start with two emails I've gotten during the week, and I appreciate them sending it to me, but they have the flavor of a tremendous amount of pain, and I'm going to do the best I can to make some suggestions and help them get through the hard times. And then... As we have chance to get past the two emails, we will talk about the four personality types that we started to talk about last week. And I find myself when I do my work or when I'm interacting with people, if I understand people's personalities, I have an idea of how to relate back to them. So if you are wondering right now about how to get through to me and you want to talk person to person, here's the number. 732-748-1079, 732-748-1079, or the text number is 732-246-8484. If you're driving, do not text me. This would be a bad thing to do. Oh, by the way, if you're having trouble at work, or if you're having trouble with your family, you know, we can figure that out. We can talk about anything that is on your mind. So I have a question for you. Here it goes. If you could change one thing in your relationship with your partner or someone who's important to you, what would that be? Feel free to give me a call about that. What would you like to change about them? You know, I have to smile when I think about it. People come into the office and they have obviously this relationship problem. They have this marital problem. And unlike a dentist or an attorney or a surgeon, they know exactly what I'm supposed to do to fix it. What it's supposed to do is take the other person out to the woodshed and beat the heck out of them until, until they're into submission and they realize what the right thing to do is, which is, of course, is according to them. It doesn't work like that. The idea is to hold a mirror to yourself to figure out what you need to do. So a good place for us to start is ask yourself as a starting point, how would you like somebody special in your life to be different? And then we can talk about what you need to do to help make that happen. Anyway... I always do respond to the listeners and who call up. So if somebody is going to call, feel free to do that, and you get first priority. After that, the people who write in to me, I want to answer them as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to start by hearing from a woman who contacted me this week who's very upset about her husband leaving her, and I want to give you my answer to her and some advice, and I'm hoping it may apply to some people who are listening out there. Then we're going to talk about a woman who wants to know what to do because she thinks her husband 
she thinks he might be cheating on her. And then we'll pick up the four personality types. All right, you ready? Let's get started and see how far we get. A good place to, to start is with our first person who sent me in the email. And we're going to call, she signs it off as worried. Well, I woke up this morning. You were on my mind. And you were on my mind. Okay. Well, in terms of worried, you know, what happens is one of the things that's really interesting is, is when we have a problem with our partner, it's all we can think about. We get interrupted by work or taking care of our daily activities. But as you heard, what's on her mind is, here's what she says. She says, Dr. Marty, I'm a 43-year-old woman, and my husband just decided to walk out from, of me from me. He had no reason. We've been married for, believe it or not, 20 years. I have a child in college. I know that you haven't spoken about this in other programs, but I wonder if you could talk about this to help me. And of course I can. She goes on to say, as I read your book, Rescue, Relationship Rescue, and then when you talk about the crossroads stage, in quotes, you mentioned in the yourmarriagecounselor.com site, you say, once couples reach the stage and they've already experienced some challenges, they ask is, what do I do in this stage of my life? We have dealt with, says, I, I go on to say in the site, is we've dealt with bringing up children, where to live, how to deal with money issues, and then couples find this stage in their relationship to be, and here's a big complaint in relationships, they find it to be boring. Sex is routine and it's rare, and when it happens, it isn't less than a big deal. Well, the emotional patterns of these are clear, and they are established patterns over the years. One of the most common negative patterns for individuals to engage in this is something that I call emotional withdrawal. People don't get into an argument, they don't fight, they just stop talking to each other and the only time they talk to each other is about, about the kids or about something that they have to do or about money, but they don't exchange things. By the way, one of the formulas that I suggest to people when they go out on dates or spend some time having coffee with each other is really three parts to it. One is to talk about what's been going on in their life. The other one is to talk about things that disturb them. And the other one is to have a good time and be able to laugh. When you follow those things, what's been going on in your life, what disturbs you, and be able to be playful and have a good time, that is a formula for success. I call it the Starbucks formula. You go out to Starbucks and have that conversation. Okay, I she goes on to say, I feel like the place where my husband and I are is we're bored. She, she goes on to say, Bert is emotionally withdrawing from me. And she says, if that isn't bad enough, I think he's lost or maybe going through a midlife crisis. Some of the time he acts as if there isn't a problem. And some of the time he says he doesn't want to be married to me. I really, really feel rejected and torn. On one side, I want to see how I can help him. And on the other side, I am so hurt and wounded from the way he talks to me. You know, I know she goes on to say, you may not be talking about this, but could you spend a little time helping me figure out what to do next? Any suggestions you have would be greatly appreciated. I'm really confused and overwhelmed. And by the way, folks, if this doesn't fit your circumstance, feel free to give me a call. I'll be glad to answer any of the questions that you have. All right. So, as we start to talk about this, and if you feel overwhelmed, is here's where we go with it. And my response is to worried. 
I worried. I get this. I get this question very frequently in my practice, where a couple has been together and a partner wants to leave, and they give lift mixed messages. They still love the other person, uh, but they don't know that they like them. They don't know they feel connected with them. What I'm going to suggest to you, what I'm going to suggest to you, is much easier done. I'm sorry, much easier suggested than it is done. So here, you know, here we are with it. Oh, I'm always so pleased. Guess what? We have taken precedence over the um, the, the uh, emails. Will be a caller that we have in, and I'm glad to do that. And if I don't get to the emails today, I will personally uh, send an email back to the people who have um, sent me the emails, and I will share it with you during our next program time. I do want to take a step back, and I do want to talk to you about something that's near and dear to me. Those of you who have been listening before know what I'm going to talk about. I just want to remind you a little bit about what's really important to me. How much is that dog in the window? Hi, this is Dr. Marty. As a pet owner myself, I'm very much interested in helping cats and dogs find their forever home. I want to encourage you to help a wonderful organization called New Beginnings in East Brunswick. There is a way you can help that to happen by volunteering, donating, or adopting a pet. You can reach them at 732-238-1348-732-238-1348. They're located at 706 Cranberry Road in East Brunswick. They're open on Tuesday and Thursday, 3 to 7 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 12 noon to 4. This small shelter does an amazing job using only volunteers. These people are really people who care. Please mark March 9th on your calendar from 7 to 9 p.m. with a night of shenanigans and a great time and a wonderful cause. You can find out more information on their Facebook page. Again, you can contact New Beginnings at 732-238-1348 and I promise you, you will feel better for it. Who of us can't use a little bit more love in our lives? How much is that dog in the window? You know, one thing I like about live radio is it makes me, you know, walk my uh, talk which means is you know, people come to me if they have a sense of stress. Well, if you folks want to come here and sit in the chair next to me and realize when you get a caller that you've been looking forward to having so that you can have a great radio program and I can share it with you and the caller doesn't come through, hey, that's a little stressful. So the idea is do you hear panic in my voice or not? If you don't, that's a good thing. Let me go back to the letter that we have and I thank you again, the listener, for, for sending me an email. What we talked about before about worried, she said, look, there, I'm concerned about my husband because on sometimes he says he doesn't love me and doesn't want to be married. And on other times he says he loves me and still feels connected to me. So it gets kind of confusing. So here's my answer. You know, there are three ways that the situation could go. He could choose to leave the marriage or he could decide to come back. Or what usually happens is the yo-yo kind of thing. He comes, he goes, he goes back and forth, etc. And by the way, the third option of going back and forth, that happens more often than not. But there's one thing that is certain. The emotional place that you're in is the most important thing. The more you take care of yourself, and I'm going to talk about exactly how to do that. The more you take care of yourself, the more you'll be in a position to, if he wants to come back, to work on the marriage. If he wants to leave, you'll be in a much better position to begin your life and do what it takes to separate and divorce and then rebuild your, your relationship. So the 
one variable that is constant is you and your emotional welfare. So let's talk about how to do that. The place that we want to start is how do you develop a plan to take care of yourself? The idea is the more balanced you are, the more you'll be able to handle any one of the choices that happen as they, as they go on. And you'll even be in a better place to set some boundaries and limits if he goes back and forth so you don't spend months, if not years, deciding what you want to do. But you decide if your life is going to go in one direction or another and you're not forever waiting for something else to happen. Because being in limbo, I can tell you exactly what will happen. If you're in limbo for a period of time, you're going to get depressed. You're going to feel powerless. You're going to feel bitter. And your life will just pass you by. So the idea is, is how do you take care of yourself? And you develop what I call a life plan. So can you exercise? Check out with your physician about being able to exercise. And as long as physically you're able to do that, that's a great place to start. All the endorphins happen. You feel better about yourself. And there is a no-lose situation. So part one is an exercise program. Part two is develop a support system. And by the way, women are so much better at support systems than men. Us guys are not great. We're great at having friends who help us build something or go out drinking or watch a, a ball game. But we're not great in terms of developing friendships. The idea being is... Find people, not only that you can talk about your problems with, but people who can share things with, people that you can laugh with, people who you can talk to just in general about anything in the world. So the first thing is an exercise program. Second thing is a support system. And the third thing is, in the list that I'm giving, some of you may say, uh, you know, I've heard this before. Well, the third thing is something I don't know that you've heard before. Do something that is creative, that is Build something, make something, write something. Creativity stimulates that part in your brain. When you're creative, and think about, folks, as you're driving or walking, whatever you're doing, think about a time you wrote something or built something or painted something. One of the things you'll discover that never even occurred to you is that you're not depressed. And creativity is an emotional driver. It has, it is the engine that gets fuel as you're making something different get your mind off of the problems, and it gives you a sense of accomplishment. The next thing, so again, exercise, support system, be creative. This is something I've talked about before, but I want to reinforce it because we know it's a great motivator and it's a great antidepressant is look to do acts of kindness for other people. Because we know that when you do acts of kindness, the person you're helping feels positive, but the person who's doing those acts feels even better. So, in addition to the kindness, what do you appreciate? What are you grateful for? Even though you may be going through a, you know, I know you're worried. Is there anything you're grateful for? For example, how's your vision? Can you see? How's your body? Is it physically okay? You know, what things can you look around in your life that you can appreciate? So exercise program, support program, doing something creative, being grateful, and uh, and let's see, we said the creative one, being grateful, and acts of kindness. Those are all things that you can do to take care of yourself. And to give you a perspective on it, think about if you're on an airplane and you're flying and all of a sudden the oxygen mask drops out, drops down, and you have children with you. 
And the instruction that they give you in the airport is first you take the, in the airplane, is first you take the oxygen and you breathe it in and you make sure you're okay. And then when you're healthier, you're able to take care of your kids and make sure they're okay. Well, you need the exercise of a life plan. And once you do the exercise of things we're talking about, then my advice to you is then you're going to be able to handle any of the options that happens. Oh, and the last part is, is find a counselor who's trained and that can be helpful also. They sort of are a navigator for you, helping you get through the things that you might not be able to know the answers to. Somebody that can motivate you. They should give you some insight about what's stopping you from moving forward and more importantly, what's stopping you from taking care of yourself. Lastly, please, says I, I want to say to the person who wrote this to me, give me a call, call me on the air, call me off the air, and I'll be glad to, to talk about and describe the suggestions that I've made and help you go through this. And those of you that are out there, if you want to give me a call at the WLD talk line, you can get me at 732 748-1079. Or again, you can text me at 732-246-8484. What do you think your plan would be if you're going through that? If you have an idea, I'd be really curious about it. Remember, part of it is learning to be feeling good about yourself and feeling strong. Why does the sun go The idea is it isn't the end of the world it's just a place where you feel badly you know and if you catastrophize it it's going to make it feel even worse anyway let's go on to another another uh, email that I got from somebody and her name is Marie we're going to call her Marie for purposes of our discussion she goes she starts by saying dear dr. Marty I don't know what to do I'm worried that my husband may be having an affair and I can't tell you how many times people come in and they're questioning, is he or is he not having an affair? Is she or is she not? And she goes on to say is, he just seems indifferent to me and he seems like a different person. He doesn't come home at the same time he used to. He's very private. He doesn't leave his cell phone around. He's distant. He's not really interested in us being together sexually. I don't understand that I've done everything for him. In fact, not to be prejudiced, I think I do a lot more for him than he does for me. Please help me. I could use some advice. Thanks for the radio program. It's been very interesting. Have you done any programs on infidelity? Have I done programs on infidelity? You know, Marie, if you take a look uh, at uh, the last several programs, they're all about infidelity and how to deal with it and how to handle it. Okay, let me give you some guidelines. Uh, by the way, I'm taking this from my book and from one of the uh, episodes, radio episodes, Healing from the Trauma of Infidelity for the Person Who's Been Betrayed. As having said that, I'm not saying he's being unfaithful. I'm just saying that's where the material comes from. You know, a place to start in this kind of situation is to look how things have been between the two of you. The stronger the relationship, the lower the chances are that someone will be unfaithful. What I've learned over the years are here are two factors that cause infidelity to happen. The first one is if there's a low level of satisfaction. If I don't feel satisfied in my relationship, I'm more vulnerable to other possibilities. And the other one is opportunity. 
if there is an opportunity out there then and I'm unsatisfied well what's going to happen is those two things will come together and at first what oftentimes happens is is well we're friends and we have something to talk about and you know I felt comforted it's certainly a danger sign Marie when the person wants to talk more with a quote friend unquote than they want to talk with you and in terms of the other times when people are not having an affair but they're in involved with uh, prostitutes or they're involved with pornography the problem there is there's so much dissatisfaction and prostitutes and pornography are more accessible to them so that's a way that they move away from the relationship so let me make a suggestion about where you might want to start why don't you ask yourself and those of you out there also is think about your relationship think on a scale of 1 to 10 okay and on a scale of 1 to 10 how would you rate your relationship for example if it is really terrible it'll be a 1 if it's fantastic it'll be a 10 if it's 5 ah so so a good relationship sort of flows between somewhere between a 6 and a 9 sometimes it's a nine because you're really connected and sometimes what it is is a six because you've had a disagreement because you're disappointed etc you know so rate your relationship in terms of where it is and if you have a lower number that's a wake-up call you know i have here what the other thing i want to do is from this from the book uh, in terms of going through the trauma of infidelity I've come up with a couple of things in terms of a number of things that you are signs that your relationship aren't going well. And these are things you might have thought of, but a lot of them are kind of unusual things that you may not have thought of at first. But the affair thing is a big deal. You know, I like, you know, Carol King, I like the song when I first heard it. It really puts words to what people are experiencing in terms of feeling like you're out in the cold. You know, and when you decide to step out of a relationship, that's what's happened. You're out in the cold. And I have to tell you, one of the things that's really interesting, Marie, what's interesting to me is when an affair finally comes to light, the person who has the affair, I would say 80% of the time, maybe 90% of the time, they are relieved to be discovered because leading having an affair not only leaves you out in the cold but also makes you feel like you're leading a double life so the idea is if people are married I'm not having a morality play but just a practical thing is you want to be straightforward because the other thing that is interesting is people who are quote cheating oftentimes feel guilty and they want to have a I think despite of what a lot of people say is I think we're monogamous I think we have back and forth and we don't know how to handle difficult times but I think we want one special purpose uh, and I'm glad we're not in Salt Lake City with the Mormons so I'm not going to have that argument with them I think it's really important to be able to connect with one person to share with one person to have one person there to encourage us to have one person there in case we're physically ill that has to drive us someplace for the practical things to have someone that that we can count on anyway so anyway here are some danger signs that I, I'm going to share with you um, and this is going to sound counterintuitive you never argue or you never disagree can you imagine that as being a danger sign
unless you are married to a saint, and most of us are not, besides that's not much fun for a marriage, but I digress. Most couples have to disagree because there's the gender difference, there is history, there's uh, emotional background, we come from different families. It means that when you disagree, you push it under, you, you slide it under the rug. And that somebody is emotionally checked out. And what they do is, is they condemn the person in their head. And they don't kind of, they don't deal with what's really going on. I'm not saying you should fight. I am saying you should disagree and then learn how to disagree in a way that can take care of the issue and help you move forward. Here's another thing, and I don't know that you've heard. There's also another danger sign, Marie. Are most of your communications, are they negative? You know, if you focus on what you don't like with somebody and what you don't want, that communication always becomes, has a point to the end of it and will stab you. When you talk about what's wrong with the other person rather than what you appreciate, it isn't that bonder. It does not bring you closer together. If you're, you know, if you're just out there and thinking about your relationship with anybody, how often do you say something positive to the other person? How often do you look for something that is special? And, and my formula is, is what you should do is each time, each time you have a contact with somebody, look for what's right about them rather than what's wrong. The next thing that is a danger signal is that you suspect that your partner is deliberately trying to hurt you and that they don't respect you. Relationships don't do well when you assume that the other person is being negative with you. And so if you think that the person is doing it to hurt you, that's certainly a big danger sign. Now, if there is an argument and it never seems to be settled, it's just pushed aside, well, another danger signal. Number one is here's the way that you need to handle arguments, and we'll go into more depth about it, but just a big picture of it. You figure out a compromise that is fair, or you both agree to disagree in an agreeable way. You leave it without a whole negative set of feelings. Okay, another danger sign, Marie, is that you regularly overreact. You spend a lot of time and a lot of energy responding to things that are not a big deal. Because how many things really are a big deal? They seem important at the time, but as time goes by, re it really isn't that important. Here's another one. There's two more. And just to, to gauge by it is you do not have regular times together that you both enjoy. And that's problematic as well. Is we were talking about before, having times to share what's happened during your day, having times to talk about grievances, and having times to, to laugh and, ha and enjoy each other. If you don't do that, and, and it's like a car, the fuel of a relationship is connection. The fuel of a disconnection, or rather not spending time with somebody, is you distance and you resent them and they're not there to support you. And the last one is, does your partner have influence over you? The point being is they don't control you, they don't tell you what you're supposed to do or not do, but you take what their suggestions are, you take them seriously. And that's an important thing to do, is let them know that you've thought about it. Well, I'm looking at the clock at this point, and we started to talk, we talked about the, the two folks, and I will tell a little bit more. I'm going to reach out to Marie, and hopefully Diane, the caller, will have a chance to talk to her next week. Uh, but this time we started to talk about it. We'll also, next week, we're going to go into some more depth about the personality types, 
just to sort of trigger it off, we'll be talking about the upholder, the obliger, the questioner, and the rebel. There's a lot to be said about them. There are things in the future that we'll be able to talk about also. Are you curious about different money personalities? Because one of the things that couples disagree about is how money's supposed to be spent. Or are you curious about what really makes up fights? And when you talk about what makes up fights, a couple things are there. Is one is, is how do you negotiate and how do you deal with anger? And those were all central features in any relationship. Oh, by the way, so I don't forget, um, you can mark on your calendar Valentine's Day uh, on 101.5 has a podcast called, called Forever 39, and it will be heard on Valentine's Day, and it will focus on how soon you should be able to date or break up. And the reason I mention it is they've asked me to be a speaker. And if you look on Forever 39 and that the podcast, it'll be I will be talking about when should you start to date again? And of course, because this program is about you and you're my first priority, I'll always be interested to hear your thoughts. So if we don't have a chance to talk, to, we didn't have a chance to talk tonight, please feel free to give me a call at 732-246-8484. Or you can email me at drmarty at comcast.net. And the website is yourmarriagecounselor.com with lots of free information. And I would love to send you one of my um, download books. If you are interested, please feel free as my radio audience to let me know. And I'll be glad to send it out to you. And until next week, I'll be looking forward to talking to you Tuesday night from 7 to 7.30. And talk to you in between if you'd like to reach out to me. So be good to each other. And we will talk soon. Good night. and opinions heard on the preceding program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079 WOLD or SRN Communications.